0: This is the unadulterated Word of God coming to you from Savannah Ministries. We build up believers unto maturity. We raise ministers for the end-time harvest. We preach the Word of God with signs and wonders following. And we use the Word of God to meet the needs of mankind. You know, yesterday, um, when Rev said I was going to bring a fresh message from the oven, I said, "Okay, Amen. Uh, <laughs> it's fresh." <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> I've been stoking the fire, <laughs> baking the bread. It's just it's not ready, Amen. <laughs> No, but but I I really sense in my heart to speak prophetically to you this evening. Um, you know, a lot of times people interpret the prophetic anointing to just to foretell things. But if you understand the ministry of a of a prophet. Uh, especially in Hebrew terms, one who is called to be a prophet, number one, is primarily, uh, the word prophet is a generic name for man of God. Anyone upon whom the anointing has come, that God has consecrated for the people. You know, the Old Testament refers to such people as prophets. That is why uh, the term man of God, sometimes interchangeably is used as prophet in the old testament some prophets in the old testament did not tell did not foretell anything did not even see anything and uh, i know that in our bible sometimes we classify them as major prophets and uh, minor prophets none is major none is minor they only spoke according to the volume of what was revealed to them but one thing with all of them is that they were inspired to speak and um, if you read First Peter chapter four, you, are, you actually see that the whole prophet, the concept or the office of a prophet, are we together, primarily is directed towards revealing Christ. So if you read the Bible, amen, if you read the Bible first peter four eleven it's there it's to reveal Christ. This is all that the spirit of Christ that was in them was yearning, are we following now? He was yearning, you know, to just reveal Christ one way or the other. Either if a prophet, some of the prophets had very interesting experiences. Are I you me? Mean, some were asked to go marry, uh marry a wife who left them. Are I you me? Mean, just because God wanted to reveal something. And you know that wife will leave. How many of you know the name of that prophet? Hosiah. Amen. You know, and God will say, Go back and bring her. Holy Ab, and then she will leave again. And God will say, go back to that house of unfaithfulness and bring her back. And you know, it happened three times. And, you know, the Bible tells us all that was pointing to something. The man was not seeing anything. If your wife leaves you, you will not be seeing anything to the future. You know what I mean? If your wife runs away from you, there is nothing about future there. But it's pointing to Christ. It's talking about the undying love of God for us. That no matter where you go. Are you getting me? God will go to any length to get you back. Are we together? So prophecy now becomes more of patterns. More of patterns that point towards something. Are you with me? That's why for, for Jews, everything speaks volumes. under the old covenant. The sacrifices spoke volumes. The seasons, the calendars, the people they met, they all pointed towards Christ. But the good news is this, that which their spirit was yearning for, we have come into the fullness of it. That's why whatever we say today is from the spirit of Christ. Amen. Amen. We are living in the fulfillment of what has been prophesied for years. What people have been seeing and have been talking about. Right from when God spoke to Adam, are we together? In the garden of Eden, and he said that the seed of the woman, not the seed of the man, because men don't have seed women don't have seed. But say the seed of the woman will do what? Will crush the head of the serpent. He said it will bruise its heel, but it will crush the head of the serpent. That seed of the woman, are we following? That God spoke because it cannot come into being, if it's not first what? Spoken. It has to be spoken for it to come to pass. So the first prophet in scripture is who? Is God Himself. He's the one who set the pattern. And listen now. From that pattern, we can see everything aligning. That means anyone who takes after the order of God to speak. Glory to God. is actually speaking, will actually be speaking and revealing the Christ one way or the other. Moses revealed it in the things that he gave to the people. It's all about who? It's all about Christ. And the devil kept looking for the seed of that woman looking for the seed of that woman. Listen, we come under this illusion that the devil knows everything. He knows he doesn't know everything. Let me shock you, he doesn't even know the future. The only way he gets to know the future is the way you open your mouth and you speak. It's by your own belief that he knows that something can happen to you tomorrow. That's why as a believer, when we say, God, the words that you speak, we're not just trying to teach you some mind science. I was talking to... One of my pastors in the car yesterday when we left the morning session. And we're going back. He said, look, pastor, when you begin to look at faith in God and trust in God, people say it's metaphysics. I said, because it is metaphysics. It is metaphysical. That's what it is. Just that our confidence is in God. Meta means to move. Metaphysical means to move from the physical. And you cannot talk about faith, are you with me, and remain in the natural. We are moving out of the physical because God is a spirit. And if you are going to relate with Him, you can't relate with Him on the natural plane. Am I talking to someone? So the devil lives in this natural plane. Affects things here, but God has raised us higher. He has raised us higher. And he had to kill millions of babies in search of the seed of the woman. When when Moses was born, he thought that was the seed of the woman that was spoken about. When Abel started taking after sacrifices, he thought that was the seed of the woman. So you see through scriptures, there's always a pattern of trying to do something. But consistently we see victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when... When we begin to speak in meetings and when we say we're talking about, we're talking as prophets, are you with me? It's because from patterns we can tell exactly what's going to be. So we're not trying to make predictions to see whether they will happen or not. There are things. There are things we are what? We're certain. Things that we know. God gave me a word. And he said to announce it to this house. There is a new sound. You didn't hear me there is a new sound forget how tired you feel in your body forget how hungry you think forget how sleepy you think you are there is a new sound that's what i've been hearing in my heart that's what i've been saying since morning there is a new sound there is a new sound You know, when Reverend was talking about 28 years of God's faithfulness, you know, in a moment of time, I just stood there and looked at myself. <laughs> I'm a man who God has helped. Yeah, Lord, to be honest, I have nothing to boast. Sometimes, you know, when I close from certain meetings or I close from church and I'm going back home and people are saying, Pastor Ramek, thank you for blessing me. God used to change I say, me. I said, me. If you don't get back to that place, I always get back there. Amen. I always get back there. I'm always wondering. I play my own messages sometimes. I don't want to hear it. Sometimes I don't feel like I bless me. (laughs) But see, it's the grace of God that has made us who we are. Not the clothes we wear. Nothing. It's the grace of God. I went to visit my son, and um, he's in secondary school. So the first time I went to visit him, I, I I was I came to the school and you know he's in a good school, praise God. And I, I stood at the school premises, they said, "Who are you looking for?" They said, "Who who are you here for?" I said, "Sam." You know, they said, "Sam, what grade?" I told them. I said, "Okay, okay." Uh, you can check here, go to this class. I was supposed to have a meeting with his teachers. Of course, they were teaching me how to even pronounce his name because I was calling him Sam. They said, no, They they said, oh, you mean (laughs) Psalm. I said, yeah, it's (laughs) Psalm. Even Sam was laughing. When... When... when He said, daddy, they call me Psalm here. Don't don't call me (laughs) Sam." I said, okay, Psalm, Psalm. You know, and... I, I spoke with the teachers. And, you know, they were just so proud of the boy. So I held him. I was coming back. So we went out somewhere to eat, and I sat in the car. I was just looking at him. I was just looking at him. I said, "Am I the one that is the father of? Am I truly your father?" <laughs> I, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ. It's the righteousness that is thinking. I'm just saying. So I'm. I'm I'm a father. I have a son who is in school. They're asking me to come, and they're even discussing. In fact, I didn't hear any. I didn't hear most of the things they were saying because it didn't really bother me. I said, when the mother comes, she will sort all these things out. I'm not. I'm not giving too much. I was just saying, yeah, yeah, okay. I was talking with all these white folks, and I didn't hear half of the things they were saying. The accent for some of them, the accent was so strong. I was like, yeah, you're correct. I get getting Me, everything you say, everything you say is correct. I mean, it's just good. Okay, but I'm just so grateful. The grace of God <laughs> makes us who we are. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, I am the least of the apostles. Who is not even worthy to be called an apostle? He's not saying he's not a worthy person. He's saying that when he looks at where he was and where he is, The only logical explanation is grace. Grace is the only logic that could have taken him from where he was to where he is. And I came to announce to somebody that from where you are to where you are going, in the protocol of God and how he does it, the only logical explanation for how you will be there is that the grace of God towards you was not in vain. So if you have a vision from God, if you have a dream from God, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Stay with it. It doesn't take too many people to believe what God has said. It takes you. Because God already believed. God has never called anybody who was able. He has only given abilities to those he has called. And one of the things I've realized, you know, people recently, someone put someone, one of my members put something on Facebook and said, describe Pastor Roman in one word. I didn't even see it on time. It took, it took, I think like three days before I finally got to see it. And they were saying all these things about me. I said, <laughs> I said, okay, amen. And they just kept saying, Pastor, I consistent. Somebody had to call me. He said, what fuels your passion? Why? What gets you doing what you're doing? To think that you have been doing this all these years. Do you know when the person asked me, you now don't know me that I'm truly, I've truly been doing it all these years. Because when it is grace, are you with me? When it is grace, you will enjoy every process. You will enjoy the process. But one of the things you must do, you must have a steady focus. Someone asked me, what's the greatest thing you learned from Reverend Adda? I said, he's unparalleled what? Focus. The things I've been hearing him say since I met him are the things he's still what? saying till date. If you start having double vision, it means something is wrong with your sight. And the moment something affects your sight, it affects your whole body. A lot of you are here today. Tomorrow you are there. Next tomorrow you are here. Hallelujah. Learn to stay focused on what God has told you. He wasn't guessing when he spoke to you. He was certain. There are times when I sit down. Am I talking to someone? And I say, look, God, if you didn't think I could do this, you won't call me. There are many smart people Many intelligent people. Many sharp people. But you went through all those people and you called me. That is why, when I approach whatever God has asked me to do, am I talking to someone? When I approach whatever God has asked me to do, I don't approach it like there's another person who would do it if I don't do it. You know, I always I always tell people this. You know, people say, if you don't do the will of God, he will bring another person to come and do it. That's not true. He didn't call you with an option in mind. He didn't call you with an option in mind. He didn't say, if this person doesn't do it, then let's look for other what? Options. If this person doesn't do it, probably will get this person. No, he didn't call you with an option in mind. You were his first and final option. If you don't do it, are you getting me? He will carve out another person's assignment for the person. What he's doing might be similar to what you're doing, but you have actually left what he asked you to do. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, he said to Jeremiah, I knew you. I called you and I ordained you what? A prophet. So listen to me. If you begin to see yourself as bespoke for your calling, you will make a foolproof of it. He saw, he saw me. You might not even believe I'm good enough for it. But he saw me. My primary comfort first is that he saw me worthy for what he has asked me to do. Glory to God. I just want to encourage someone's heart. Maybe because of those of you who have been ordained today. Amen. Do, do, don't, don't, don't size those who have gone before. They are running their race. You run yours. Run yours. Amen only project that starts from the top is a grave. Are you with me? From where you are, keep climbing. Keep rising. The path of a just man is like what? A shining light. It shines brighter and brighter as unto a perfect day. So, I just want to say something to someone. Stay on the path that God has carved out for you. I say stay there. One day I was coming back from um, Boko. You know, what I saw today was really beautiful with prophet dan and all that you know where there is all grace flows where there is all grace flows grace doesn't flow anyhow in these days everybody is called online everybody is called via satellite everybody is called in a dream everybody is called on on whatever available platform i know there are plenty ministers now with the advent of technology, e-ministries everywhere. If you have a telegram group and you have 400 people, God has called you. If you have 2,000 likes, are you getting me? What more do you need to know that God has given you a voice? Do not be deceived. There is no e-God. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's still the ancient of days we're talking about. He still calls the way he calls. Hallelujah. And, you know, everybody's a teacher now. Everybody corrects everybody. Everybody talks. You know, I told my church member, I said, if you don't see me, make a comment about anything on Facebook. You must be a reprobate child to go there and make a comment. And some things just keep quiet. Because you have a phone you can type doesn't mean you must air your opinion. Nobody's asking for it. But to still see order in the midst of chaos is a beautiful thing. How many of you know that was lovely? That was lovely. And that's how it should be. Amen. And this is what God told me. It's not the things happening around you. Guard your dreams. Guard the pictures in your heart. Many things happened to Joseph. One thing they never touched. See, they can steal your coat. They can throw you in dungeons, throw you in wells, but they can never touch what God has put on the inside of you. And can I speak to you? What God has put in you is the primary thing that attracts everything into your life. It is like a seed. You know, um, so I'll just be talking, amen. Then <laughs> I'll pray for you. When you plant a seed, how many of you believe it's only water that helps it? Or sand? No. (laughs) When you, when you plant a seed, that, that thing inside the seed, there's something in the seed that has been programmed to know what it needs. All you're doing is just creating the right environment for that seed to attract the things that it needs. Because there's nitrogen in the air that the seed needs. But how it's able to take what it needs from the air, from the soil, and from the water. You cannot do anything about that one. Am I talking to someone? In the same way, when God puts a dream in your heart, puts an idea in your heart, Calls you and says, follow, reverend. Follow this person. It's a seed. Someone listen to me. It's a seed. Now, if you keep putting it, keep removing it and checking how it's doing, it will never do well. Is that you must be patient to leave it there. To stay there. What you fail to realize is that the things you are chasing are actually looking for where the seed is planted so that they will chase it. That's why Jesus said... That the ground is your heart. The ground is your heart. You fail to realize that it's what is in your heart that is attracting what is happening around you. Once it's planted, it will begin to attract it. There are people around you right now. Things around you right now. What you need to realize is that they are actually responding to what is happening where? In your heart. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Look at Joseph God planted a dream in his heart He saw himself Thank you Lord He saw himself On the throne He didn't look like it Hear me He might not have said it the right way But it didn't mean that he didn't have the right Words The right picture We've all been childish And it's part of growing up And can I share something that will help you? God doesn't expect you to act all grown up when you are a child. The word child is from God. He knows who a child is. So, of course, he shouldn't ordinarily have woken up to call all his brothers and just sit them down and say, I have a dream. (laughs) You guys were all submitted. You were all submitted to me. That's a bit rude. Are you getting me? No matter how anointed you are, then you have another dream. You now gather all, you gather your father. You know, even the father that sewed the coat of many colors for him, at some point had to just say, eh Joe, <laughs> take this thing. <laughs> take this thing. <laughs> That's not how to talk. How you you mean? But he grew up. Amen. He grew up. You know, I started reading the book, Truth of the Gospel today. I'm mean, i not a fast reader. Like, oh God. When he he finish it through, I say, man, I hate you. You know, the way I read, I do a lot of thinking. I, me, I do a lot of thinking. So sometimes I can stay with books for a long time because sometimes I go back to read something, you know. That's why I don't know how to cram. I want to understand what I'm doing. No, I didn't say he doesn't understand what he's doing. Now. <laughs> you know, some people hear upside down, so... Please, please, sir. (laughs) Please. Amen. People understand differently. But you see, what was happening to Joseph? What was happening to Joseph? He had that dream. He protected it. Even though everything didn't go as he planned, but everything responded to what was on his heart. His brothers took him and sold him. Guess where they sold him to? They sold him to slave traders who were pushing him towards his destiny. It's not a coincidence that the traders bought him, sold him, brought him to Egypt. Then in that slave market, it is not a coincidence that when people were coming to buy, guess who came to buy him? Potiphar. Where does Potiphar walk? With Pharaoh. So you see that everything on the outside didn't look perfect. But everything was walking in the direction of what was planted in his heart. Potiphar's house could probably have been a good place. Maybe that's what he even thought was the vision that God put in his heart. Then Potiphar's wife arose. What a woman. Amen. And we know where he landed. He landed in a dungeon. Who did he meet there? He met prisoners, bakers, and who? The cupbearer. From where? The palace. It's not a coincidence. Let me tell you, there are words that prophets have spoken into your life this one week that you are here. Guard them jealously. Keep them jealously. As you go out, you begin to attract... The experiences that you have will be different the kind of people that you will be meeting, it's not a coincidence. There's nothing like luck in existence. Thank you, Father. That's how it's happening to someone. You know, a lot of times, when things happen in people's lives, bystanders can explain it. Have you seen people explaining your own results? They say, ah, come. Come. Is it not, Sister Duke, come, let me explain to you. I was there. You know, some people are storytellers. I was there. And I, in fact, she was standing by the door that day after coordinating. You know, the man, the, there is this man that sat down in, in the congregation. I, I was even sitting next to the man. The man just liked the way she was handling the thing. I said, look, I'm going to get you to anchor one, one particular event for us like that in Hilton. The, that conversation started like joke. I was there. I was there. And then they took her, and then she anchored that program, and she anchored that program. That's how she met the vice president, too. And the vice president now said she should come to one of the, this thing." God talking with her, and it's that your husband is into IT. I said, I'd like to meet your husband. See, everything that's happening today, eh, I was there. You see, they're explaining everything. They're explaining everything that happened. Sometimes, I me? even you, when they are talking about your results, you, you'll be wondering, eh, so that is how it happened the question is that, why is it not happening to you? But you see, what you are calling luck is actually a response to something that God has planted in our heart. You have been impregnated with God's word this one week. And things are happening in your direction. I say, things are happening in your direction. As you will leave here, that's how someone will start telling your whole story. And I say, ah, I know exactly what happened to him. I know That guy was at camp meeting last year and I know exactly what was said. In fact, as I was showing that testimony, I was sitting next to him. Every time I leave camp meeting, things begin to happen in my life. Now, that's why I said the spirit of prophecy makes me know that it's not a coincidence. It is a pattern that can be predicted. So that when you are coming next year, you know what to expect. You know what to write. And when you leave, you know what to expect. things are working for you. I say, things are working for you. Prophets have been in this house this last one week. They've planted words in your heart. Listen to me, you cannot remain the same. Some people will not think of you, but because of the word that has been planted in you, are you getting me? They will be thinking about you right now and then events will begin to orchestrate themselves in a way that you meet with them. Time and chance does what happens to them Oh, that's why it's not a coincidence when you meet a certain man of God. See, it is, it is, people are suffering though. Sometimes if you are in a particular place, you will not know. People go through things. That's why I always tell people, if you give me six months of your life, I will change your life. I always tell, when people come to church crying, sometimes crying, I say, look, give me six months. Of your life. I will change your life. Someone says, why do you speak with so much confidence? Because if I can get that seed planted in your heart, I don't have any other work to do. Everything will begin to work around it. And the testimony is always the same. I met a lady who had not been to church. If you come to our church, the church here, it's in Abuja that I saw things. I've seen things in my short stay in Abuja. I'm telling you the truth. All kinds have come to church. Gay people... You say, eh, okay. Even I'm telling you, gay people, you meet people who have not been to church in 14 years. They will not understand. They've not been to church in 14 years. I've met all kinds. People who are suicidal. And I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor, but I'm a prophet. I have seeds. And I know, I always tell them, if I, if I can get this seed, I know it myself. Look, I know my job. Like Amunini was saying yesterday. Amen. Yeah. Though he forgot his scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. But, 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 it doesn't mean anything. Praise God. He knows his job. Praise God. I was watching a big bishop in town in this country recently. Just like two weeks ago. I was following him live on one of his social media platforms. He called three scriptures that were wrong. He turned and just said, can somebody help me find it? His pastors found it and brought it. I said, see humble people. No, well, if you didn't find it, you didn't find it. Don't ever try to prove you know the whole Bible, because you don't. We know you know. And you know we know that you don't know it all. So, if I miss a verse, carry concordance. I get to me, back, 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 back. check, I'll bring it out. If you like, don't read it because I use concordance. It's, it's actually your business amen but see when I begin to talk to these people you know what I tell them allow the word of God in your heart and always without fail I see their lives change I have a young boy I think he's about 20 26 amen and I remember when he came to our church in Boko you know he just started hearing me he had I wasn't that close to him at the time but then someone Connected us, and then he began to come, we began to talk, he said, can I call you? I said, yeah, feel free. So you call once in a while. And then he came into Abuja, you know, he just had this dream. To be honest, have you heard some people share dreams with you, and you felt like telling them, calm down. Ever seen people, I'm telling you, when your pastor wants to tell you, I'm a pastor, just calm down. Are you getting me? I'm the one who says you should think big. I didn't say blow your mind. Are you me? Calm down. I just, I feel like telling him that. You know, some of the things, some of the things he will say, some of the things he will say. See, can I tell you something? Your pastor should not determine the size of your thoughts. If he cannot carry it, you carry it. Because sometimes people want to use their experience to resize you. Do you know how long we have been here? It, don't, it doesn't matter how long you have been here. Amen. All that was said about Methuselah was his age. So, I know, it, it, to be honest, I, I don't have a problem with old age. I don't have a problem with age. But it's too big a deal in Africa. Am I your mate? Any, any smart thing? Am I your mate? I know like the TV people say, I didn't touch your age. Are you with me? <laughs> <laughs> because some people, the only bragging right they have is what? <laughs> is age. Until you see our vice president shaking hands with Mark Zuckerberg. Did you see that picture? I mean if you saw that picture? Of our president. When he came, our VP snapped with him, and if you look at the picture, it's like, he was the one that was more privileged. No, I'm, I'm, i entitled to my interpretation. Are you with me? But if you look at the picture, he was like, wow, Mark, it's nice meeting you. He didn't say, how old are you? See all this age? You see all this age? Results would disprove, We will, we will we'll, we'll keep people quiet. Are you getting me? But what I'm saying is that this young man kept coming to church and kept doing some of the things you are learning here. Sowing his seeds. Two hundred naira. Five hundred naira. Sometimes I feel like just hold this one, gather it when when it's you come, you just come and plant a seed. You you get up. <laughs> then this year I saw him in a federal executive meeting. So he took pictures. (laughs) I said, I hope these pictures are not doctored. (laughs) He said, Pastor, you said that God is bringing us to exclusive circles. See where I was sitting this afternoon. See where I was sitting this afternoon. I saw the minister of this, the minister of that. I said, okay, praise God. That is when I started believing. (laughs) Then he got into, I don't want to talk too much. Then he told me, he said, he saw something, he sat down in my office, he was just a pick of, cause after, to, after I, tried, I don't like talking. After I, tried, I don't like talking, cause I talked to during service, hey, amen. So he was able to break past protocol, and he just came, just, he says, just two minutes, and he began to talk. When he began to talk, I said, sit down, I want to hear you talk some more. He began to roll out his plan, Say, said, can I show you something quickly? Glory. He got this big property, not with money, the people he began to attract in his life. There's money in this country. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sit down there and sleep. There is money in this country. There are people who have money who don't know anything to do with it. And he ventured into this business. <laughs> Somebody say, you're not saying anything. That's how I'm keeping it. Amen. Ventured into this very big business. He's into real estate. And he brought some papers the other day. He said, I want to just give my first fruit. This is my seed. I said, wow. Amen. I said, God has opened the city to you. He I have been saying it. He said, I hold those words in my heart. It's not about what you have or do not have. It's what you carry here. Hold on to it. I said, hold on to it. And this is what I came to announce to you. That there is a new sound. Amen. And it's a sound of favor. Amen. Turn to Psalm 89. Let me read, read a scripture to you. Psalm 89 verse 13. Amen. You know what you guys did to Pastor TB? He shocked me. In fact, that day I, I almost got up to run. <laughs> I said, what's happening? Where did I miss it? On TV, praise the Lord. When I saw the way TV jumped, I said, okay. something happened to him. He says, you have a what? A mighty arm. Talking about the power of God. Strong is your hand and high is your right hand. Glory to God. Then he says in verse 14, Righteousness and justice are the what? Foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. That means God will not do anything. see, oh, thank God for the gospel. Thank you for that book, sir. The truth of the gospel. Listen to me. You know, pe- pe- when we talk about grace, people don't understand it. Some people feel that, I wonder how anybody in his sane mind would think that grace, the grace of God, is a license to sin. Do you know what it costs? Are you getting me? You know, you know, you know there's a tendency to despise free things. And to think that they are ch- it's cheap. You know, so when something is not, like we say in Boko, when a thief man walks into a, p- a shop, he says, give me the expensive, he doesn't say how much is this, he says, give me the expensive this. Because they believe that it has to be expensive for it to be original. And that's how we are. When things are given to us free, we feel it's cheap. Listen to me. The grace we put on our lips and we sing, I think I think it came at a high price. Remozi said something yesterday or th- I don't know whether yesterday or today. Praise the Lord. He said that sin makes what? The blood of Jesus precious. The Bible said the foundation of God, the foundation of God's throne is what? Is righteousness and justice. God is a just God. He's a just God. He's a just God. Sin must be paid for. He doesn't overlook sin. He doesn't say it's okay. It's okay. No problem. That's not what grace means. Have you ever wondered when Adam sinned? You know, religion. For many years in church, I wondered, I said, what is it? What was what so bad about eating that fruit? That eating pain God like that. Are you getting me? eating my fruit too. Are I you me? Mean, I've kept mangoes at the eating. Why 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 was the thing so God? Why pain you like that? Is that is it gold? Are I you me mean, what you made all things? So why were you so so pained? Amen. If Adam took God's wife, are I you mean some of those myths. You can say, okay, this taking it too far. <laughs> my son, Sammy. We we're watching a TV program. Nepal took light. He said, daddy, I said, what? Well, he said, Nepal has taken this thing too far. are <laughs> taking it too far. So one ordinarily say, okay, what is it? But I don't want to go into all the theology of the gravity of what Adam did. Because the Bible says to whoever you choose to yield your members to, you become a slave to. It was more than the fruit. Adam was actually saying, God, from today, Satan, you are my God. That's what, actually what he did. In obedience, he was worship. That's why worship is obedience. The day he did what the, what the devil told he was in full knowledge of what he did. That is satanic worship. Am I talking to somebody? He actually worshiped Satan. He didn't think that he just took the fruit and he ate. Remember, hallelujah, when Eve ate, nothing happened. Because God does not demand accountability from whom He has not given what responsibility. It was not to Eve He spoke; He was to Adam. And the Bible tells us that why Eve was having a conversation. What was Adam doing? Standing right there, watching. What a wicked man! Sisters, don't marry cowards. Don't marry evil men. <laughs> but you see, it's the moment Adam ate. Listen to me. The moment Adam ate, God said, "What?" Well, the Bible said, "Their eyes opened." Let me shock you. That's why. We are married to Christ, yeah? No matter what we eat, oh, Nothing to us, <laughs> No matter what we eat. It is the grace of your husband, Christ Jesus, that is protecting you. <laughs> are you with me? If, if that is what is protecting you. But the, if Jesus makes a U-turn, this whole thing has ended. Oh, but thank God he has one, never (laughs) two. Hallelujah. But the moment he ate, it's just, I want to make a statement and I'll be done. The moment he ate, he worshipped the devil. And this is what I want you to get. Hallelujah. If I take Pastor Joe's cup of juice and I break it, he says, Pastor, I will be very careful with this cup of juice. It's okay. He said, Be careful with it. Then I hold it. Let's say it mistakenly broke, out or I broke it by omission or commission. Listen, I don't think a cup, a glass, is too much. I don't know whether it will stop me being invited again. Amen, I don't think they are going to say, Pay for it. No, if, if I if I want to, if I'm if I'm overreacting, they say no, Pastor. Aramea, it's okay, it's just a cup. I think that's what I think they would do here. Amen. Amen. There's love with <laughs> <hot>. God. <laughs> They'll say, "Calm down, Pastor. Aramea, it's just a glass." We'll listen now. I want you to get something. Calm down. It's it's a glass. No problem. You can do what. You can go. But can I tell you something? Telling me to go doesn't replace the glass. If that glass must be replaced. If I come here tomorrow and I see another glass, somebody did what? Paid for it. Even if somebody brought it free, the person that brought it free paid. Even if it's the company that gave it to you, it cost the company something to pay. Meaning, are you getting me? Sorry is not enough to correct what Adam did in the garden. Somebody has to pay. But what we are saying here is that Adam, there is no way Adam would have been able to pay. Much more because God didn't create Adam to pay. He created Adam to have fellowship with him. He created Adam to love Adam. He created Adam, are you getting me? To fellowship with him so that he could replicate Eden wherever he went to. He wasn't made to pay. And somebody has to pay. This is the central point of redemption. God now says, no problem. I will become man. And I will do what? I will pay. Oh, and good news. He has what? He has paid. It is something worth shouting about every day. He has paid. So the Bible says he's the foundation of his throne because if this justice and righteousness is not met, then God ceases to be God. But the Bible says mercy and truth are before your face. And what we look upon is his face. Hallelujah. Then it says in verse 15. Yeah, the soundtrack. Praise the Lord. Give me verse 15. Blessed are the what? Are the people who know the joyful what? Now there is a new sound. Because he has paid. He says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, conduct their lives. How? In the light of your countenance. Not his anger. Are you getting me? In the light of his countenance. But The question I want to ask you. How many of you know the joyful sound? There is a joyful sound. I said there is a joyful sound. Is a sound of victory. Amen. When Jesus walked into the temple... In Luke chapter four, I think this brings me out to say what I want to say. You are not walking the rough path anymore. I'm not saying you are walking the easy path. I'm saying you are walking the favor path. You are walking the favor path. Jesus, fool, came out of, a, out of Jordan, went into the wilderness, came out after 40 days. Luke chapter 4, I don't have time. The Bible says he walked into the synagogue. Now, a synagogue is not a temple. A temple is a place of worship. A synagogue is a place for reasoning. So they had only one temple in Jerusalem. Some people went there once in a year. But the synagogue is where the people just come. Reverend Mosi, Pastor Joe, Pastor Duper, we all come together, take a portion of scripture, and reason, and discuss. So Jesus walked into that place. That's why they could hand him the scroll. He wasn't a priest. The Bible says when he entered into the synagogue, he sat down. They handed him a scroll. And he opened exactly where he wanted to open to. He turned to Isaiah 61. The Bible says he began to read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Amen. The gospel. Hallelujah. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. He didn't come here with another message. He came here with the same message that was preached from Genesis. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Can we go there? He says, good time to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. He says, to proclaim what? Liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound next verse says no give me look give me look first 18 first amen thank you jesus i said there's a new sound in this house there's a new sound in this house there are new testimonies next level testimonies amen new sound the price has been paid glory to god you are coming back different. You are coming back different. Hallelujah. Your churches are busting forth with people. Did you hear some of the things we heard from McCordy Church today? Are you getting me? You'll be walking on the street. It's as though the center of attention is on you. Some of you came from places where you were, ne- you were neglected. You didn't see much. As you are going back, whole cities are waiting for you. I know what I'm saying. Whole cities are waiting for People who have not talked to you before. All of a sudden... They will begin to look upon you differently. When God shines his face on you, men turn their face in your direction. The Bible says, He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Look at verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then the Bible says, if he continued, He didn't continue. He stopped there. He closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant, sat down. Then eyes of all those in the synagogue were focused on him. Now, explain what you want to say. Because that's the culture of the synagogue. You read it, then you do what? You explain. You know what made this particular place intriguing? Give me time round up. Amen. This is the last night. Kill and go. <laughs> I'm not killing anybody here. <laughs> so it's like Rev gives it to me, I read it, I say, Sir, so have it. Then everybody begins to look at me. Because it's not every scripture you just read. Now what makes this interesting is this Jesus didn't read everything. If you go to Isaiah sixty one, verse two, it talks about the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of his vengeance. Jesus deliberately read to the point of the acceptable year of the Lord, left out the day of his vengeance. Because what he came to announce is the gospel. The vengeance of our God is not in the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Why? Because the vengeance of our God has come upon Christ. He knew he was the one going to consummate everything that that scripture stood for. Then look at what he says. He turns to the people watching and he speaks to them and said, today, Today, not tomorrow, not next week, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You would expect that they will carry him up and hail him. That almost cost him an untimely death. Why? The acceptable year of the Lord is a year of jubilee. It happens once. In 50 years, when I was in secondary school, we celebrated 25 years in 1989. And I can't forget, then they painted the whole school. The alumni were going to come. Everywhere in school was sparkling. For the first time, we ate meat. Just 25 years. We didn't know that everything ended that week. (laughs) God is my weakness. It got worse after that week. So you don't promise twenty five years easily. Do you know what the year of Jubilee is for the Jews? It is a year of release. From owing Rev. A billion naira the year of jubilee, as we enter it. It doesn't matter how much I have tried to pay. As we enter into that year. I know all I'm again. And you know what the Bible says? That if I am broke, and I go to meet Rev, and says I am broke, I need a loan of two million naira. And jubilee is next year. And Rev says... No. Next year is Jubilee. I can't take the risk of giving you that money. The Bible says God will be angry with him. He has to give it to me. Why? God in his kindness wanted to teach the children of Israel that whatever you become is by my mercy, is by my grace. After every six days, the seventh day, you must do what? You must rest. I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of it. Those of you who can't come to church because of work, it will make you richer. And when you die and leave that job, they will hold 30 minutes, 30 seconds, silence in your honor, and you'll be forever forgotten. The work that you could not leave, you will leave it, and it will do what? It will continue. Out of every six years, the seventh year, imagine public holiday for one full year. You can read this in Leviticus 25. One full year. The Bible says, don't do anything. Allow the land to follow. He said, and in case you become scared, God will provide such a harvest in the sixth year that you can eat on the seventh year. Are you getting me? Why you eat for the eighth year? Then God says, after every seven sabbatical years, you have 49, right? He now gives you another year called the what? the year of jubilee, the year of release. That means in the 48th year, there is an abundance that comes that will keep you in the 49th year, keep you in the 50th year, then in the 51st year, while you are planting, you still have eating, the next time you are going to eat, hallelujah, is in the 52nd year. Meaning that you are going to have three years harvest, supply in one season. In one season Imagine not going to work for three years And nothing goes wrong Imagine not just that That everything you have lost Is restored back to you Imagine that every opportunity that was lost In 49 years is restored back to you In one year But how does that happen The priest will take a ram Go and offer it up As a sacrifice Thank you Lord When he offers it up the people wait outside. They can't come inside. So the priest has bells and fruits. On the tassels of his robe. Because you can't enter the highest. Holiest of all. He enters on behalf of the people. Then as he's doing the sacrifice. If God accepts the sacrifice. The priest comes out. The way you know he's still alive. is that, As he's doing his work. You'll be hearing. Be-ling, be-ling, be-ling. Anytime you he hear. That means he made it. Well, he's still alive. If you don't hear well, after a while, you don't rush inside to check. They tie the rope around his waist. So if you don't hear after a while, guys, you begin to do what you begin to pull it out. That's how you bring out the high priest. So for safety precautions, as he's going inside, they tie his waist. But every time the high priest goes there once a year on the day of atonement and he comes out, people are waiting. Those who are owing, they are waiting. Those who they loan money from are waiting. Those who have been going through all sorts. They are, everybody is waiting. The moment the sacrifice is accepted, what the priest does is to take, hallelujah, the horn of the ram that was killed. Not another. Then he will take that horn and do what? As a shofar, he will blow it. The moment he blows that sound, he doesn't need to do anything. Once you hear it, there is a release. There is a shift. All kinds of things begin to happen. Amen. Sick bodies begin to straighten out. In fact, that year was said to be a utopic year because some of the amazing things that happen. you will see crippled people all of a sudden rising up as they are hearing the sound of the shofar. Listen to me, Jesus is your high priest who went into the holiest of all. He offered the sacrifice. That day he resurrected. We didn't have to go inside to pull him out. Glory to God, church. He walked victoriously. He came out, proving to us that sin has been fully what? Paid for. But that is not all. He took the horn. Which is the gospel. Which is the truth of the gospel. That all your sins are forgiven. That the price has been paid for you. And he began to blow that shofar. I bring you good news today. Anybody who hears that sound. Steps into a jubilee season. That's why when the eyes of all the people were fasting on him. Jesus looked at them. What he was saying is that today. This scripture is fulfilled where? In your hearing. Meaning the shofar the high priest blows. Is what I'm blowing for you i'm blowing it right now but you see the mistake is that they didn't know it they didn't know it so they left there with their sicknesses they left there with their diseases and they they could not do many miracles there instead of being excited guess what they said is this not jesus look at in fact scripture tells us uh, that they said look at the gracious words coming out of his mouth so they knew that those words were words of grace Meaning you don't have to suffer, you don't have to walk, you can have restoration of it. They knew it was grace, but you see, they didn't know the sound of grace. Something has been programmed in them. You have to get you have to merit everything you have. Are you getting me? You have to work on your heart, you must go through the processes. But I bring somebody good news hallelujah. Processes are come are, are strong because of you. There is an overlapping event, overlapping of event taking place in your life. Can I announce to someone? Some of you are standing here. There are many in your field, in your company, who have been going ahead of you by in my heart. Glory to God. The anointing of God's Spirit will come upon you. It has rested upon you. Start taking your steps. Start taking your steps. They are going with chariots. But guess the good news? You will be waiting for them at the gate of Jezreel. You will be the one waiting for them. I have seen this over and over. It is not who started 1st It is not who started first. It is not who went first. It is the man carrying the anointing. And if you know the sound of God and the eyes of God are upon you, as you are living here, glory to God, you will be waiting for others where they are running towards. If all of them that day had believed, they would all have been healed. It was the sound, but they couldn't hear it. They didn't know it. And Jesus said to them, Were there not many widows? There were many widows in Israel. That means this provision that was meant for them. Nobody in Israel partook of it. Why? They held on to the law. But there was a woman in a pagan land called Zarephath. To him was the prophet sent. I told you that's the ministry of prophets. Hallelujah. They come to make announcements. Then patterns begin to repeat themselves. When Jesus was talking to them, he brought patterns. Patterns. He said to them, a widow. Number one, the widow is from Zarephath. A pagan nation. But she heard the sound. She believed it. The results were there. Then he said, were not many leprous people in Israel. But to none of them was a the prophet sent. Except to who? Naaman, the Syrian. They said, Who are you? They got angry. See how works harden the hearts of people. Let me speak to you. Amen. God sent me here as a prophet to announce to you. That joyful sound. That's some 8915 talks is what I'm blowing here tonight. You can either say, ah, I'm tired. Oh, I am tired. I'm tired. Six days. I beg, we don't try. Others even left on Thursday. I have tried. But if you understand this sound of what I'm blowing. Hallelujah. It's so interesting that all you need to do is hear. See how God made it so simple. If you hear it, it is done. I, I so tall if you hear it, it is done. When the train of Israel gathered around, when they gathered around Jericho, and, can we all get up? This is what I want to do tonight. During the laying on of our service, sir, God showed me there are people here. You've had multiple opportunities that you blew, that you wasted. You know, this is the third time God is showing me this thing in a meeting. After this camp meeting, you had opportunities, you wasted them. Stop living on dead opportunities. Don't believe any lie that say if you have missed it, you can never be where God wants you to be. We build houses and we take into cognizance the pressure that can be applied on that building over years and it lasts. God does a better work as an architect. Hear me. God doesn't have two opportunities. Doesn't have three. Multiple. You don't understand the power of grace. Grace is dogged. Relentless. They told us grace stands tall. I know what I'm saying. I have an in-law who had a divorce and he ruined his ministry. Anointed man. You were there, so three years ago he was at Faith Adventure. As he was talking, I could still sense the breath of God. Condemnation. Guilt. Tied him down. Until I discovered that John Hagee. How many of you know John Hagee? Committed adultery with his secretary. He was caught. He cuckoo married her and divorced his wife. Have you seen him the way he addresses Americans? Yeah. Yeah. See the confidence with which he talks to them. Yeah. The, the anger of the Lord, America. I'm not saying leave your wife. I'm not leaving her with you anywhere. <laughs> Amen. Till we die. We die here, amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> See John Hagee. Do you know that you were lost in yeah. Amen? That their father had a first wife, John. Yeah. That Doddy is not his first wife. With a child. How did these men walk out of those things? I was laying hands on a brother today. I don't know. I can't even remember. And my eyes were open. I saw an onion bulb with scaly leaves outside. Are you getting me? And I saw a hand pulling it off until that fresh bulb on the inside came out. And as I came and worshiping, some of you are standing here. What people are seeing are the scaly leaves. But there's more to you than people are seeing right now. There's more to you than people are seeing right now. And this is what God told me. After this camp meeting, there is something that has happened here. It's a new sound. If you if you just forget about the past experience, who hurt you? Like Samson. He's bringing people into your life. Some of them are not born again. Hear me? Some of them are not born again. But he would bring them. Sir, Can I use you? They are going to hold your hands. Are you with me? They are going to hold your hands. They are going to take you to the, where the structures of those industries are standing. Am I talking to somebody? And those people, will take your hands and put them on the structures. Now, this is what I want to tell you. Don't ask God to give you just one more chance. Amen. No, no, no. If you ask for only one, you will get only one. Ask and say, Lord, now you have brought me to the place of my planting. Let your grace begin to reveal everything you've said about me. I stand in your righteousness. I stand in your blood. I stand in everything that your word says I am. And as they bring you there, push! Hallelujah. I see the industries collapsing into your hands. I see them collapsing into your hands in the name of Jesus. Because the walls of Jericho were standing. They were standing. They were standing. No one went in. No one came out. Then the Bible tells us that God told them, Move around and blow the shofar. Go and read your Bible. It is the ram's horn. It is the gospel that will bring down those strong walls. I see some of you getting up in the night and just dancing around. Hallelujah. You will get up. You will jump. You will shout. They will ask you, what are you doing? Why are you doing what you are doing? But stay at it. I say, stay at it. God knows there are many nights I have danced. Many nights I I will listen to messages. Praise the Lord. Just dancing around my room. You can ask my wife. There are times we will be singing. We will just be dancing around the room, I'm sure our neighbors will wonder what is wrong with these people. But when you know the joyful sound, it doesn't matter whether you have a shoe or not. It doesn't matter whether you have a job or not. When you know the joyful shout, and you begin to shout with it, can I speak to somebody? You shout it. You declare it. You look at four or five members in your church. You go back in the night. Am I talking to somebody? You shout it. I know the joyful sound. I know what has been done for me. I know what God's word has said about me. The Bible says you are walking in the light of his continent. Then from nowhere suddenly everybody will begin to look for you. Will begin to call you. This is how we win our battle. It's not by struggling. It's not by trying to appeal to people. It's by taking what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. You put it on your lips. You shout it. You declare it. You make it your conversation. Then you notice your associations change. When the anointing came upon Saul, he says, when you live here, you will meet three people company. One of the first things the anointing does is to relocate you into new territories, new frontiers, new relationships, new business partners. I tell you, some are not Christians, so some are Buddhists, so are you listening to me? But they know their way into the industry. You don't even know why their hearts have opened to you. You are coming to work tomorrow. Your boss is seeing you differently. He's thinking about you differently. But guess what? What they are doing is, they are leading you. They are leading you. They are showing you the ropes. Bringing you to where you need to be. When you come to that place, don't forget who you are. Forget whether they've loved. I'm speaking to those of you who have blew your chances. There are multiple opportunities coming for you. That's why here in my heart there is a new sound. Put your hands on those columns. I'm saying the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Begin to push it. Begin to push it. If you push at first it looks like nothing's happening. Keep doing what? Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep talking. Keep declaring. Because the industries are falling to you. The cities, they are falling to you. Hallelujah. So tonight can you lift up your voice. Amen. And lift up a shout of victory here. one more time one more time (laughs) I'm not talking about I'm not saying saying, make me happy that's why I say you have to know it to release it there's a new sound revelations 5 9 and they sang a new song in heaven there's a new song if you don't know the new song, you will be willing... The Bible says he cried. He said no one was worthy to open the scroll. Until an elder walked up to him and said cry no more. Weep no more. For the lion of a tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the scrolls and to loosen his seals. Meaning anything that makes you cry is because you have a wrong vision. Anything you see that puts fear in your heart means you are looking at the wrong thing. The lion of a tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. If heaven is singing a new song, don't sing old songs here. Don't sing songs of defeat. Sing the songs of heaven. Hallelujah you sing the songs of victory. You'll walk walking to your office. Hallelujah. Shouting. You will walk into your homes. Shouting. Roaring. Hallelujah. Amenita. Glory to God. When Balaam was asked by Balak to come cause the train of Israel, the Bible says he looked upon them at the fourth attempt, do you know what he said? He said, look, may my death be like theirs. He said, look, may my end be like them. That means he saw Israel didn't even know anything was happening. They were just sitting there. I always tell people, hallelujah, you don't need to trouble the devil for the devil to trouble you. That's why your greatest comfort should be in the victory of your Lord. It should be in your victory of your Lord because there are people who hate you. But it changes nothing. It changes nothing. Israel was there, but the Bible says they were in an order, they were in a church and the Bible tells us one of the things that Balaam said is that the shout of a king is among them, that means anytime you saw them every time they took that sacrifice and offered it, you will see people jubilating you will see people shouting, you see people declaring, yeah, yeah that shout is what stopped Balaam, no matter what he said, there was a counter shout whatever incantations That's why you don't need to wait for anybody to threaten you. If you know the shout, you release the shout. And as you're shouting, walls are not falling. They are sinking. Glory to God. Walls are sinking. Walls are sinking. Stop being religious. Stop being religious. Stop saying, hey, when, how, when, how. No. Lift up a shout. Lift up a shout. The victory is here. The lines are falling onto you. In pleasant places. You are more than a conqueror. There is a new sound. When you enter your office. On Monday they will know you came from somewhere. When they see you tomorrow morning. They will know something has changed about you. Come on one more time. With everything in you. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Lift your voice another shout praise. Thank you for listening. Messages are freely available. Visit Carusoscloud.com slash profile slash Savannah Ministries for download. Or visit www.savannaministries.org for more information.